The things that get sold are profitable businesses. Businesses that just break even don't get sold. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, where we teach you to salon differently. After years of searching, we finally found a software that does it all. Introducing Aura Salonware. With Aura, you have the simple tools to streamline your business, such as a card on file, settings for hourly pricing, and even station sharing options. Implement communication boundaries with clients by interacting directly through Aura. Finally, a software that takes your business as seriously as you do. If you're interested in this type of profit maximization, visit aurasalonware.com DTH to receive special discounts and promos. Do you know what your hair color is costing your business? SalonScale does. Discover how SalonScale's cost-saving technology can save your business money. Their mobile app and Bluetooth scale accurately calculate the cost of hair color usage. It records formulas, tracks product usage in real time, helps manage expenses, reduces waste, and boosts profit. We want to give all of our listeners 10% off their first year of SalonScale by visiting salonscale.com slash DTH. And for our current students in our one-on-one coaching program, you will receive 25% off all team and solo annual plans. Ask your coach for details to redeem. So today's episode is completely different than we normally do our episodes. I've kicked David out of the room. I have brought in a special guest because I am truly trying to create an episode where we talk about just women entrepreneurship and women empowerment. And so I've brought an incredible guest and someone that I look up to and love. I've brought Ms. Alicia Sule'e, who is the founder of Salon Scale. And if those of you that do not know who Salon Scale is, like, have you even listened to our podcast? Because... Hello. But SalonScale is your complete back bar management app for automating costs and inventory tracking. They completely turn a profit on every single service. And my favorite part about SalonScale is that they have put $20 million. I I don't think that people can grasp what $20 million is, but $20 million back in the profits of salons, that's incredible. So I'd love for you to just introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. I really want to talk about your story. Like, yeah, let's get into it. All right. <laughs> let's get into it. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Of course. I'm really excited to, uh, yeah, just share just really how I got here. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, on the on the topic, which is uh, profit, I think the biggest thing was, you know, how, like, what is, like, what is the purpose of Salon Scale? What was the purpose of it all along? Yeah. And what does profit really mean? And I kind of came down to this um, idea where I think that profit actually makes you live. Oh, my God. Somebody yeah. write that down. I know people are <laughs> listening in their car. Profit actually makes you live. I think that needs to be ingrained in people's heads because I think when people have businesses, they're like, oh, I just need to make money. Like, no, if you're not making profit, like, you're screwed, basically. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, there's just, we kind of run before we do anything in mm-hmm. the salon space because we're creative, right? We work with that side of our brains usually. And then when it comes to building a sustainable business or building a profitable one, that's where the doubts and insecurities come from. Yeah. But that's truly what's going to get you to live your life. That's yeah. going to be able to give you something that can pass to generations or give you a good retirement. And it's something that we should really be focusing on. I think something that I know that I am trying to get people to do in this industry is really look at their future planning because I was not taught that when I was younger. Like when I was a young hairstylist, like going in, it was just like we were taught the hustle, right? And salon owners were taught to create a hustle environment. And 
as I got older and I started just educating myself and really looking at the industry, I started to realize, oh, like there's a future I have to plan for. And that's the profits that you're talking about, which is incredible. Yeah. Well, I think the whole industry is built on a very startup culture Uh, where it starts and fails and starts and fails. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so no one's really setting us up to win, although everybody wants everybody to be sustainable. Yeah. So it's time to have the hard conversation of what does it take to make a profitable business? Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, the system could be broken. And that might mean that you have to change within yourself and know that you're not alone. Every other small brick and mortar business is having the same issues that you're having. Yeah. And so we're not just this, this underwritten... Um, overlooked sector of a bunch of creative hairdressers that have no meaning. Yeah. You know, we are economic drivers as well, and we ha- we, we do matter. Uh, and so I think it's just taking time to realize that we're, we're no different. And it took me to really start a tech company and represent salons and the salon sector to realize that we just have been kind of maybe a little bit more afraid to speak our voice. And that's what That's what this is all about right now. Absolutely. I love that you brought up that you are now in the realm and world of a tech company, obviously. I mean, essentially, that is what Salon Scale is. But we were talking about this earlier. A lot of things that are brought into our industry to solve a problem are brought into this industry from people that aren't always a hairdresser or a salon owner or have never experienced our culture, what it takes to, you know, create the business that that we have as hairdressers. And I'd love for you to share your story and your journey. You were a hairdresser. I mean, you are in forever a hairdresser and you were a salon owner and then you shifted into tech and like everything we do at DTH is risk-taking, yes. right? Like you take the risk that is the scariest thing you could possibly do because on the other side of that risk is all of the fulfillment that you could imagine. And when I think about your journey, like to give up all of those things, to throw yourself in tech, which is a world that like, God bless you. Because like, <laughs> I'm like, we're still learning how to use social media, chat GPT. Like you're throwing yourself in this world that you're like, you have to have such desire and believe it to your core. That's like, it can't not work. Tell us about that journey. Oh my goodness. Well, I always say that tech found me. I did not find tech. <laughs> Um, it started with me, <laughs> Puts you know. Puts its claws in there. Exactly. I was like, oh, I, I just, you know, I think that's how these kinds of things happen. Mm-hmm. And it's so subconsciously deep. And everybody has that. Everybody has that moment where like, you know what, this would be a good idea. And it's those that act on that idea yes. that end up, you know, spiraling you into something even bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. So Salon Scale is so much more than just a scale that measures color. Um, it's a movement. And I truly think it's deep-rooted in being a voice to how to really understand what it really costs us to do our business. Yeah. And so when it came to me, like I said, is it's not something that I just came from outside in the tech space. I was already into so- software uh, development and that I came into the salon space, saw a need and made a, a software. Like mm-hmm. that's the complete opposite of what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had to fight imposter syndrome for the last five years. Yes. Sitting in boardrooms, pitching a salon technology company to investors all around the world. Um, and then speak, you know, try to translate the salon talk into technology and why this is, you know, in- innovative and why it will completely disrupt a salon mm-hmm. sector. Um, and so... I used the tools that I had behind my chair of building 
clients, communication, and my emotional intelligence to help get me to where I am. Mm -hmm. So the value of me being a hairdresser is actually, quite frankly, the reason why I'm a successful tech entrepreneur uh, is because I spent time with people behind the chair. And technical, uh, you know, in the tech sector, that's where they struggle. They struggle with customer relations. They struggle with emotional intelligence. The idea of connecting with your customer, usually you just want to build something and hopefully people take it, right? But to truly build a brand and build something that scales out as fast as we have, you have to have that connection. And so I owe it to being a stylist first uh, to know who my end customer is because I know their pain. I know exactly what it's like, what they went through. um, And it allows me to be more of a domain expert Mm -hmm. when it comes to building out different products, different solutions. And so to answer your question on, or just really your comment on people building things that aren't from our sector, um, it's just not their place. Yeah, It's not, it's not your right. It does. <laughs> it's not your right to come in here and it's it, you don't understand the pain. Yeah. So I encourage anyone that has that thought to step up and just try. And whether it is me, whether it's you, you know that there's people that have had the courage to get out there and do things. Go and ask, what how do I build an app? How do mm-hmm. I do how do I start a podcast? How do I start a community? You know, get out there and don't be afraid to do that. Uh because the first step is courage, right? Yeah. And having the courage to change, it, it takes a lot. Um, but yeah, and and again, just um, just echoing very hard. It's like, do some research. Mm-hmm. Do some research on the things you buy and you subscribe and you get into. And just make sure that you're aligned with the values of that business. Um, so whether it's software, whether it's, you know, any type of salon technology or any type of salon brands or products, look behind it. Yeah. You know, are they aligned with what you're aligned with? And just yeah. know who you're supporting. Your dollars are going into what pockets. You should probably ask that question to yourself. That's, I, I mean, everything we've talked about on a coaching company is like we're a coaching company created for hairdressers by hairdressers. And that was something that was so important to us of like, we've been in your shoes and your pain points and we know how to help you. And I think, you know, everyone that we work with at DTH, it's like, that's the same thing. Like we've researched like, are you just this tech company that wants to come in and hang out? You know, no, you're on the mission to change this industry just like we are. And I think the more people that just speak up, like you said, research, like that's huge. You know, I also want to talk about like how powerful it is for me. And I'm sure so many of our listeners, like we are a dominated female industry, but the faces that you see are majority men, right? And so to see powerful women in our industry just like paving the way of like, this is possible. I'm going to sit in those boardrooms. I'm going to be looked at like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to stand my ground like is incredibly inspiring because you just have to push through. And like, I'm sure everyone listening has had that like adversary, adversity that like someone is always pushed back against you. But the reality is like, if you're not pushing against that too, or you're not trying to overcome it, like what, where are you going to be? Like you, I, I try to get hairdressers to think like, you can't be where you are now in five years. Like, yes. uh, like, are you just going to keep doing what you're doing? Like we have to eventually do something different and you have to stand up and whether that's using a platform or speaking up or sharing or mentoring, or like you said, a podcast or just taking that idea that you had and like running with it. It's incredible. Just let your true authentic self out Mm -hmm. because there's someone that could heal by your words, you know, and you just have to get it out. And at the end of the day, um, there's something about the connection of determination and pride. And when you can connect those two things and just be authentically yourself, 
you're going to have drive, you're going to have resilience, you're going to be able to get out there and you're going to see that you're going to, you're going to change and impact people. Um, and I think it's just this whole thing where it's like, um, sometimes I think we sit back and we wait, no one's going to come and get you. Mm-hmm. Like no one is going to come and make this happen. You're going to have to do it for yourself. So it's Absolutely. really important um, to just go for your dreams and go for it. We teach something called build your board of directors just like you would have mm-hmm. as a CEO <laughs> in any form. And so even if you are a hairdresser behind the chair working for, for someone else, you can still have your board of directors. And for me, that's my business coach, my spiritual coach, my therapist, my accountant, my financial planner. Like I have all these people in my life that are holding me accountable to the things that I say that I want, right? And we were talking a little bit about that like on our way in. Um, we were, we pre-podcast via coffee. <laughs> And um, what, like, the power of mentorship to you and just having your board of directors, I'm sure you, like, as I was saying that you were thinking of all those people in your life, like, how important is it to have that surround you in this entrepreneurial adventure? (laughs) Yeah, I think these are fragments of who you become. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always when someone says they doubt you. Like, if someone doubts you, it pushes you into showing and proving that you can do it, Oh, yeah, that's the fuel. I I almost want someone to doubt me because then I can be like, I'll show you. Exactly. And confidence in oneself leaves doubt at the door. Yeah. Right? So what do you have to do to be the most confident you? And... You have to surround yourself and be open and be honest with your board of directors, with your people around you. Mm-hmm. And these are your advisors, your leaders, your mentor, mentors. Basically, these are the people that have things or skills that you may not have or encompass. But if you give them your vision and your plan, they they align with your mission. They align with what you're trying to accomplish. And they come and they become, you know, a, a, a space in your mind that you don't have to occupy. Yeah. Right? I don't have to think about how to build out, you know, a five-year projection on how we're going to, you know... Um, drop a new product feature mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, impact X amount of customers at X rate, right? I don't, I can say this is kind of what I want to do, but you leave it to the people that have the knowledge to do such. And then your brain isn't going into the doubt. Oh, I just don't know how to read a sp- spreadsheet. I just don't know how to know. I don't know math. I don't mm-hmm. know numbers. I don't know this. Like the amount of times <laughs> I freaking told myself I oh, can't do stuff. Oh my like, God. Geez, yes. Like get over yourself. <laughs> and like, it's just so, it's like people want to help you. Yeah. Like, you you know, we live this, like, singular life, like, we're the star of our own show. But then everybody has, a, you're their main character. Everybody has their, their own, their, their yeah. own main character. And so how do you, you know, work with each other, make sure that you're connected and know that everybody just wants to be connected. That's what it is, mm-hmm. you know? It's so true. Like, that connection, that community is so important. And, like, that's, I feel like, without that, you do get imposter syndrome sneaks up like you were talking before. Like, that's the whole point of having your community, your board of directors of like someone to literally, I I said this to one of my coaches the other day. She's going to know instantly that I'm talking about her. But I said something via text and then under it, I said, this is the equivalent in movies when someone smacks you and says, get it together. You know, I mean, she laughed so hard, but she's like, that's exactly what I needed because having someone else be able to see your problems that you're not seeing, like, have them be zoomed out when you're so zoomed in is by far the most incredible asset that you could have to a business. And I think just to go back on, if you have this idea and you have this like burning desire to create something and there's a necessary, there's a necessity for it within our industry, 
doing your research. Like, so I, I couldn't tell you how many times I get someone say, well, I can't start that because I don't have the money. Like, when I think about when David and I started this coaching company, we were two kids with a mic on a floor in our kitchen, you know? Like, we would just use social media and free platforms just to just talk until we could build that. And I think when you when you really want something, like, you have to stop and pause and say, like, what am I willing to do and give up? And I, I think it goes back to what you were saying about profits. Like, profits aren't just to live this glorious life. Like, profits are then to invest in new things, to be able to create new opportunities, to create new avenues of revenue so that you can actually do something bigger than just, like, make a bunch of money and go to Aruba, you know? I mean, yeah, that's part of it. Exactly. That's the goal, but... <laughs> I mean, there's a big difference between a dividend and then your profit, Absolutely. right? And I think the reality is, is... Um, what are you going to do with profit? Well, you're either going to build a profitable business to sell it, like mm -hmm. get it acquired so you can take that chunk of money and mm -hmm. go and do whatever else. Uh, you could take that profit, expand it, make multiple locations. So yeah. maybe you're doing a land grab opportunity where you're building a brand across, you know, across the country, whatnot. Um, and then, you know, then it's, you know, investable at that point. Absolutely. Now you have, you know, some private equity or someone that will invest in expanding it across, uh, across the country. Um, and or it's for retirement, mm -hmm. right? So you have to build an asset. You have to build something that is worth being sold. And the best way to look at it is the things that get sold are profitable businesses. Yeah. Businesses that just break even don't get sold. Yeah. Um, essentially what happens is it, it becomes almost like a uh, garage sale. Uh, <laughs> yes. So essentially you just, you just sell it for apart. goodwill. You yep. just pick out whatever is good and you just hopefully you sell off that. And like there is some value here if we could really do good cash management, mm -hmm. cash flow management, and focus on that profit, uh, there is a future for you. There Absolutely. is a plan. You just have to kind of really focus on what that looks like. Uh, and essentially, when you make profit, that doesn't make you uh, take more of an income. And if it does, then the business needs to pay you out as as like... Yeah, as a, an employee of that business. Uh, but it's important to keep those things separate because you are you and your business is your business. Absolutely. I mean, I cannot stress enough, like, just start reading, Googling, there's a word you don't know, look it up. If you're listening to a podcast, I also suggest everyone listen to a podcast outside of our industry too. Yes. <laughs> There's so many incredible like financial um, podcast books, things like that, that like were the driving foundation of me starting my business, you know, in, in, in like as a whole, like just being able to have that support and knowledge was huge. But it really comes back to like, I don't know about you, but like when I was first starting my hair career and someone mentioned retirement, my thought process, which has evolved over the years, but it was just, to me, I couldn't wrap my head around retirement because I was just starting my career. So to me, it was just money being taken away from me. Like I couldn't, and I'm sure everyone's felt that way. So what do we do? We don't save, we don't plan. Even when I started working for corporate beauty, it was like, do you want a retirement and I'm like, no, that's just more money out of my paycheck, you know? But what I've learned now is creating businesses or investing in property or being invested in something, like using those profits to do things, I think are more impactful than a 401k because they're going to last longer. They're going to make money continuously forever until you decide to shut it down or it doesn't do well. <laughs> yes. And now a word from our sponsors. We have partnered with Hair Story, a product line that is good for our clients, our planet, and our bank account. Have you heard of New Wash? It's like a shampoo, but actually good for your hair. New Wash is a cleansing cream that cleans and conditions without the harsh foams and damaging detergents found in traditional shampoos. 
HairStory does things differently, creating more conscious options that respect the environment and your hair ecosystem. Ready to try new wash for free? Visit hairstory.com slash DTH to get pro access today. We at Destroy the Hairdresser in a groundbreaking collaboration with health industry veterans are bringing our listeners health plans that cover every professional in the beauty industry. This includes individuals, teams, and families. We are currently in the process of insuring thousands of beauty professionals in all 50 states. Healthcare benefits are now open, and guess what? There's no enrollment deadline. Sign up during any month of the year and gain health benefits quickly. Get your name on the list by visiting destroythehairdresser.com slash hairdresser healthcare. Yeah, I think it's just important to, like you said, get yourself outside. Mm -hmm. And hairdressers are the most incredible uh, translators. Like essentially, uh, like yes. you are taking, someone sits in your chair, shows you an image, and you're like, okay, I'll recreate that exact thing, but but I'm going to actually yes. be your chat GPT. I'm going to translate <laughs> it into what, what I can do for you today yeah. and get you to that kind of thing. Like is the most incredible thing to do that. So if you take a book or a subject, whether it's finance, whether it's a podcast, whether it's something out, you already have that flexing skill to, you know, disseminate what you can do, get the inspiration, turn it into your own thing, and then create action. Like the only thing you need to do is take action from what you're learning. Mm -hmm. And we are the best industry for that. And no AI can take away the enormous amount of emotional intelligence that we have. Yeah. So we should not be feared of tech. Tech should be more feared of industries and sectors like the salon industry Absolutely. that has an incredible amount of human connection and emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. which is something that a computer will never be able to, to have. I'm a big believer in letting tech and robots do things that we shouldn't be doing as humans. Like, we do not live in the industrial revolution anymore. We should not be doing things robotically. Like, you literally created a whole entire system so that we didn't have to rip off tabs, count them, do spreadsheets. Like, to me, even though I love a good spreadsheet moment, I'm not going to lie. But to me, that is such, like, busy work that isn't what we got into this industry to do. And it cracks me up when we talk a lot about like removing the front desk and they're like, well, then where's the human connection? And it's like, are you forgetting the most important part of this whole equation? The hairdresser. That's what people are coming for. They're not coming for the front desk. They're not coming for your front desk team. They're coming for the hairdresser. And I, I think when you have that moment to like really sit back and be like, okay, we have so many systems that can automate everything that we do so that we can just walk in and hang out with our client. And like, that's, I mean, that's, Absolutely incredible. If you're not leaning into that yet, we have multiple episodes on that. <laughs> it, it's so true. You know, at the end of the day, the stylist in a salon own the relationship with the 200 and what, 60 yes. mil billion dollar market, mm -hmm. right? The customer knows the stylist, not the salon. Mm -hmm. And every every great business focus on, focuses on their staff to take care of their customers and the, the business runs itself essentially, right? Yeah. The salon space is the part, part that we need to understand this. And so just like you said is, it is about how do we optimize the location to enhance the stylist, to make sure that they have their individual identity within the location uh, and then maximize on that yeah. so that your business can take care of itself so you can really get those profits and enjoy what, what you built your brand, your what you wanted to bring to the world. Oh, I love that. I mean, I I sit here and I think like, you know, it's one thing for both of us to be able to sit with, I have so much gratitude and appreciation for our industry and for me even being able to get to this point in my career. But I look at both of us of like, okay, we've done it. We've done the thing. We're not even done. I mean, so many new ideas, so many experiences, so many new things. But like, I know that a lot of times people will listen to a podcast and I've done it before too, 
where I am listening to people that have gotten to where I want to be. And I'm like, oh, that's inspiring. But like, I could never do that. And I think that's the thing that like, I really want to stress to people. It's like, no, we need you to do that. Like there are billions of hairdressers all over the world that you're not, that need you and you're not showing up for them. Like, yeah. like I think that's the thing. I, I remind myself of that every day because we get so lost in the bubble of social media and like all the people that we see or that the algorithm is flooding to us. And there's this delusion moment where we think that that's our industry. And it's not. There's so many more people that like have no idea who you are. And I people are like, well, there's so many coaches or there's so many of these businesses or there's so many of this, there's so many educa- educators. And I'm like, I don't think there's enough. I really don't. I mean, I think that there, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I I think that there's so many hairdressers that need that specific person and you could be that person for them. Like your business that you have the idea for that you're holding deep down inside could literally save an entire group of people within this industry. And Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I, I thought the other day? What I learned was sometimes when I'm scrolling through socials mm-hmm. um, and I'm judging, like I'm, of course, I'm like I see something I want. It's, in, it's impossible or, not to, you know, yeah. like it's it's in my center of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, want to be the, you're like, well, I wouldn't do it that way, right? You kind of yeah, yeah, have yeah. that ju- judgment. Is your calling to look yourself in the mirror? Ugh. So all it is is actually it's not a wrong. You're not you're not a negative person to stop on something and like wish you had that thing mm-hmm. or judge that thing. It's, it's okay to judge. Yeah. But what it is, is a reflection on you more than than the post. So what it means is like, you obviously need to level up. Yeah. You either need to level up or you need to stop staying in this kind of state. And it's just, it's just, it's just like your next step calling mm-hmm. saying, why are, why am I judging? So the thing I, I, I started to do is just ask myself was like, okay, why did I feel that way? It's like, oh, because I want to start a podcast yes. or because I want to, you know, put myself out there more. Right. That's why I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that person. It's that they had the courage to do what I wish I could do. So don't feel guilty. Like, I don't feel guilty for judging. Yeah. Um, if anything, I feel like armed to say like, okay, well, if they can, then I can too. Like, yeah. What am I going to do about it? Exactly. Like, I, I think people get so caught up in that emotion that you were just talking about where they see something and then they start to spiral or the doubt kicks in or the imposter syndrome and they get so stuck in that like, I can't. But like, if you could just pause for a moment and be like, well, why do I feel that way? That's critical thinking 101. Oh, yeah. You see a post that pisses you off. I mean, we do it all the time. It's marketing 101 too. Like, we want to stop you in your tracks and get you to think about what we're saying. Why do we need a front desk? Why can't stylists have unlimited time off? Why can't we raise our prices, right? Like, why not? And if it makes you uncomfortable, instead of being mad at the post, like, what what is it inside of me? Because I do that with myself. I'll see things and I'm like, ooh, that grinds my gears or it fuels my fire or something. And I have to take a minute to be like, well, why? Yeah. And usually, like you just said, it's a mirror reflection. I'm like, oh, wait, because I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the thing. I'm not showing up like I should show up. And so that little trigger, if we stop looking at it as like a bad thing, it's actually an incredible thing to like light the flame for you to just get up and do something. Well, like honestly, that's the thing I love about Destroy the Hairdresser is it's extremely... Um, it, it creates action. It mm-hmm. creates a conversation and it, it opens up for for debates. It opens it up for a conversation. Yeah. doesn't mean you have to adopt every single method that every single Absolutely. thing that says. But what it does is it has a conversation to say, maybe I might need to think differently. Mm-hmm. And that's what I absolutely love is challenging it to another level. It, you know, s- stop stop the like cycle that 
isn't likely working and realize that sometimes we just need to kind of communicate, mm-hmm. is there a better way? Is maybe there a, another option? That's the impact of having a brand and having a company like DTH. Uh, thank you. Those are such kind words. I appreciate that. I want to go back to a little bit about like, I would love to take a moment to talk about like why tech is so important because I know you have so many things up your sleeve that like even by the time this podcast comes out or even within the next year are going to start to trickle out. But like, especially being a salon owner and then shifting into tech, like why having tech in your business is like a non-negotiable anymore Yeah, to I, you? I think, um, well, the first thing is like, I encourage anyone that's listening to this, like, I I ask you to try. Mm-hmm. I just ask you to, to try because what I'm actually trying to sell is trust. Trust that I've been there. Trust that I've gone through all these things so that you do not have to suffer the way that I have. Yeah. That you don't have to live behind this mask of a million dollar plus business that isn't making you money. Mm-hmm. That you're in this delusion and your staff is like coming and going and you're living in hurt. I know what that feels uh. like. I, I know that feels like. because we like we've all been there. You're living in hurt, like in hurt. that suffering is just like you just want people to want what you want, but sometimes they, the speed of which their identities move now, mm-hmm. within three to four years they're on their own. Right? Yeah. It's moving so fast. So that's why we have to kind of l- let technology cut through the emotion and give us facts, so we're not so glued into the heart of our business, mm-hmm. so that that business can give us a little bit of breath work, and so. Uh, Again, I, I, I ask you to just trust that that's what Salon Scale is rooted in. Yes. That's what I am trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I mean, create... you're, you're actively doing it, <laughs> trying. You've accomplished that for sure. And I thought, like, what is the best way to start? Like, if you think about it, it is the back room yeah. and it is the color bar because that's the most creative aspect of mm-hmm. your business. It's the place where technology hasn't been hit yet. It's where a lot of money goes down the drain. <laughs> it's a place where you feel like the best freedom of you. Yeah. And so it just ironically was the place where I started my tech. Yeah. Um, but essentially, what we're trying to do is to take away anything. And why you want to invest in this is because your time is a currency. Mm -hmm. And if we don't measure that or factor that into whether it is your pricing, whether it is uh, you as an an employee in your business, whatever it is, time is is so valuable. And when we look at it, it's, you know, how do we change that? Well, technology, like you said, can change that. And you can get back to what you love. You can get back to what you love. Mm-hmm. Passion is what's going to light light you up and it's going to get you there all the time. I, I I strongly, strongly felt like the last couple of years of me owning a salon, it sucked the life out of me because I left, I wasn't doing as much as I wanted to do. Like I wasn't as creative and I was starting to go into these things that could be automated. Um, and so now I think of the future, a future salon owner could have never had to have that, but just to get, continue doing what they love and continue to serve their communities, their staff and everything else, I'm all for that. Um, so I say when you invest in technology, in, invest in buying your time back. Uh, yeah. So factor in what, like, what is the value proposition I'm going to get? You should be getting a few of these things. You should be getting time back. You should definitely be getting some money back. Mm-hmm. Um and you should be really getting, you know, systems that scale out, like things that give you everything and anything you possibly can. So I say uh, when you invest in technology, it's it's like it's giving you your, your life back. Yeah. You know, something we say a lot is that this industry has an expiration date if you're by yourself. And we really encourage people to 
open businesses, whether they're micro salons or um, they're full-blown salons or they create an education system or a platform or something like that, right? Like have something else that can make money for you without you being the physical sole provider. And one of the reasons that we do that is because so much of our industry, and I know this is going to be shocking, but we literally talk to hairdressers every day and I can't tell you how many people still don't have online booking. They're still writing it down. I mean, and people don't believe me when I say that. And I'm like, no, like I've had to go in and coach that. If we could adopt everything that you just said, we could actually have a really long, fulfilling career as an individual hairdresser, as salon owners, as, you know, hairdressers behind the chair working for a commission salon or booth rental or independence, whatever, using technology to take everything off of you. Like you could literally just have your days off. Like you just also have to have the mindset to allow that to happen. I think that's the big shift right there. Well, and you have to realize that you're nothing without customers. So if your customers are living in today's tech and everything is about convenience. Okay, so like the biggest disruptors, whether it's Airbnb, Uber, Mm -hmm. they factor everything about being convenient to the end user, which is the customer. So this is your fear. If there's any fear in the industry of why not to use tech is because your customers are going to be looking for convenience. And if you cannot provide them that in in the atmosphere they're used to, and also the new stylists coming up are used to being in this tech bubble. Mm-hmm. And if your salon is not providing their technical experience, you're going to have an issue. And so what's going to happen is the customers and the staff are going to go where it's optimized, where it's the most convenient way for them to do what they love and get what they need in a fast and efficient way. I love that. This was such a huge conversation. And I really hope everyone listening, like it planted a seed in you to start just taking action, leaning into tech, really prioritizing your life, your time, your energy, and just doing something that's worthwhile in this industry. So I love it. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. What's out there is not bad, but it's not going to have the same transformational effect as our coaching. 